listening to Law and Gospel Open Mic Friday, October the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And if you have a theological question, please give me a ring. You can either phone if you're in St. Louis at 821-0850 or toll free anywhere in North America, one 800 7302727 and anything you might have on your mind I'm not promising I'm going to be able to answer the question but if there is an answer in the bible I'm going to be only too happy uh, to address it on Monday next week we're looking forward to because it's reformation week so on Monday's bible study Tuesday's hymn uh, Wednesday, even the Bible study for congregations we'll talk about. And Wes will probably come up with something Reformation-wise on Thursday, followed by good open mic Friday. All right. Without further ado, and I appreciate this, being able to go to the phone lines early, let's talk with James. Hi, James. Good morning. Um, I had a question in Acts 5-1 about Ananias and Sapphira, um, who were uh, struck dead yes. uh, for not, for keeping part of the money back. Um, is this an example of somebody out of faith that um, is not going to heaven, or is it an example of a punishment uh for a weak believer. Yes, very good point to make. I've often said on Law and Gospel that we can be a jury in deciding whether someone is innocent or guilty, but unless God makes it very clear that a person is going to hell, such as he did with Judas, it is dangerous to say because of that sin, they're going to hell because we also have sin. Now, it is true that when he is confronted by the apostle, Ananias, Peter tells him that you have not lied to men but to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And then yeah. right after that, of course, his wife comes in and she lies about how much money they had gotten. And how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? And then those who had buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the men okay. found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Now, I don't see anything in the text that indicates that they went to hell. But there's nothing in the text either that says they went to heaven. So whether or not lying to the Spirit, remember, the one sin that's unforgivable is against the Holy Spirit. But that's usually one of unbelief. I'll tell you, if Ananias and Sapphira went to hell for that sin, there would be a number of people in the congregation who would be going to hell because they've also lied about money and other things. 
uh, including me. So it's a real dangerous thing to say they went to hell, but it's also not able to be said that they definitely went to heaven. We don't know whether God recognized their sin as a matter of unbelief or just disobedience. Every sin is a form of unbelief, as you know, James, according to the first commandment. You're always breaking and making yourself God. But, uh, you know, this is interesting because I had been thinking about that, I think, two weeks ago when I was listening to my CDs driving around going to churches. So it was a good question to ask, and I couldn't find anything in the text that makes it clear. Now, remember, they were buried by the Christians. And so I would assume that, uh, therefore, that meant that they didn't think that their sin was one that would send them to hell. But God just doesn't reveal that. Yes, thank you. That you you put a lot of different uh, uh, light beams on. Um, you know, um, it's just not real clear right there. We can't really make the judgment. That, yeah. Um, yeah, if there's anything that Lutheranism believes, it's Scripture interprets Scripture. And yes. we just can't make a clear distinction here as to whether they went to heaven or hell. Okay, thank you. Enjoy uh, and learn a lot listening to your program. Well, thank you very much, James, and I uh, look forward to hearing you again sometime. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. All right, that was James, which means our phone lines are open. If you would like to um, give me a ring, it's 5 I was just giving a, a different thing in my mind. It's 314-821-0850. That's St. Louis. Then toll-free anywhere, I believe, in North America. Now, sometimes some people have cell phones that won't be able to use the 800 number, but it's 1-800-730-2727. So phone either one of those two numbers, and we'll try and do what I did with James, although that was pretty nice because that was something I had even been thinking about and took a look at. All right, we're going back to the phone lines, and we're going to be talking now with David. Hi, David, you're on the air. I feel like I'm on the air. I'm just having my first cup of coffee this morning. Oh, caffeine or not? Oh, caffeine, definitely. <laughs> yeah, wake you up. <laughs> How can I help you? Well, in, in reference to the last caller, uh, there might be something to think about, too. Um, in the book of Revelation, I think it's in, the, I don't know, 20th or 22nd chapters. I, I don't know what verse, uh, but it, it definitely says a category of people. I, I think it's, it's all liars shall have their part in the lake with burns and with fire and brimstone. So since those two lied, they would fit the category of uh, Revelation where it says all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever lied? Uh, yeah, I okay. probably a lot before I became a Christian, though. 
I don't, I don't try lying. I'm a, I'm a believer now, Christian, and I seriously, lying is not one of my weaknesses, but, um, um, I'm just I'm just stating what the what the verse says in Revelation though. It says all liars, you know. So what what is a liar if somebody doesn't tell the truth? Well, you're you're looking at Revelation 21 verse 8. And therefore we always need to look at scripture interprets scripture. And let's read that verse carefully. It's uh, verse 8 as for the cowardly, the faithless the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now, I've had members in the Christian church who fit those particular items. For instance, we uh, did... um, excommunication on a sexually immoral person who committed adultery, uh, but he repented. And so the point I'm trying to make is this. The Apostle Paul also lists a number of items like this. says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, and some of you were like that, but you have been redeemed. Now, if you look at the word for practice, it means that's their lifestyle, namely they're cowardly. And the next one is very good. The faithless, they don't have faith. And the detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters. Every time I sin, I'm an idolater. Because I'm breaking the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I set myself up as God. So, and all liars. This would be those who particularly don't have faith. And all of us can look at these and say, well, you know, we've committed this. Remember, in the Sermon on the Mount, murderers are not only those who actually kill someone, but have a bad thought about someone or say a bad word against them. The the punishment is exactly the same. But that's why if you still have faith, God will forgive that sin, move you to repentance, and it... It's kind of interesting with Ananias and Sapphira, they have no comment from them when they are accused of that sin. But they may have had a thought in their heart, oh no, you know, I'm caught, and maybe God forgive me, I don't know. But it's very clear in the Bible that even though God will forgive any sin, he doesn't take away the temporal negative consequences and that was one that was really giving a lesson to the rest of the church uh not to be lying that's what i heard also that this was the beginning of the church and god was trying to show uh some kind of a standard but it it also seems like they they really weren't given much of a chance to repent. I mean, as soon as uh, as soon as uh, they came and met Peter, it's like wham, 
they were dead within a few minutes after they answered the question. And I don't know. I maybe, well, maybe people. You don't need to. Re- you don't need to repent of your sin in order to get to heaven. Let's say you're speeding, and um, somebody pulls out in front of you. You crash into them, and you die instantly from the crash. There's no repentance that you've done for that speeding, but because your heart has faith in it. This is why Christianity is so hard to understand, because God actually takes sinners to heaven, sinners who have not repented of all of their sins. That's one of the problems Luther had. He spent an hour talking to the pastor when he went in for confession prior to understanding the scripture properly. And the pastor, his priest, was getting tired of Luther coming because he was trying to remember every possible sin he had done. And we're free from that because if you've said the Lord's Prayer, forgive me my trespasses, That means God is answering that whether or not you have time to repent or not. I would hate to say that the church teaches that unless you repent of a sin, then you're not going to heaven. You get my point? I do. Um, What about where, where Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How would you reconcile that in there? He's talking about those who have been practicing sin. That means that's their lifestyle. They really don't believe in Jesus Christ. They know they don't believe in Jesus Christ, and therefore they're practicing that, and therefore they will not be having heaven as their home. But that's something that somebody is aware of. Uh, If that were true across the board, then nobody would be going to heaven because we all fall under that indictment. But because of faith in Jesus Christ, that sin is forgiven regardless of whether we have time to repent of it or not, or even think about it. Okay? Okay. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And we'll just go down the line here, and I think we have on Cheryl. Is this Cheryl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me turn down the... (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl. Um, I have a question concerning uh, Luke 18, where Jesus is telling the parable about, uh, to teach that uh, the... I think you still have your radio on. I do? Oh. Oh, okay. oh, okay, go ahead. It's just a background noise. We'll, we'll get through it. Go ahead. Um, that um, They should always pray and uh, never give up. Never lose heart. Yes. And then at the end of the parable, uh, where he says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Well, um, in conjunction with that, I had a discussion with my six-year-old grandson, um, Mm -hmm. And he was uh, telling me that he had learned on YouTube that uh, the, um, <clears throat> the, there's an asteroid coming and that people will learn how to live on other planets. And I asked him, well, don't you think that if Jesus knows that we're in trouble, that he will come 
and rescue us and take care of us. And, of course, (laughs) my grandson didn't answer that, but he spends so much time on his little iPad with his little games, and he can't be... He can't be taken away from that for a second until the battery runs down. Uh-huh. He has learned this on the YouTube, and I don't know how to break through. And when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I mean, wow. You know, there are a lot of items on YouTube put out by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There's some uh-huh. pastors who have some great uh items some of it is very kind of sarcastic is cartoon wise issues oh, etc yeah. talks about that i would give him a list of items you would like him to look at there oh. because if youtube has that persuasive ability then perhaps when he's taking a look at things that he's interested in, especially the cartoon-type stuff, that therefore he might be persuaded otherwise. But YouTube, of course, is just the thoughts of people, not the thoughts of God. And I would say, no, we already can live on other planets, or at least we've had men walking on the moon. So we know that we can live on other planets planets. I, I don't know if you heard this recently. NASA is planning on sending an all-women crew to the moon now. Oh, no, I hadn't heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, so I, I would say, well, part of that is true. But if it's due to an asteroid coming, you know, just stop and think about it. There's no way you can move all the people to another planet, which is not habitable unless they're wearing all kinds of oxygen masks and this sort of thing. And just use reason there to deny what YouTube is saying. And you can also find some things on YouTube that he would disagree with. That would be kind of interesting. Um, Look at how many movies give praise to crooks and stuff. And he wouldn't want to do that. So the two things I would do, I would find other material on YouTube that he can easily get to, that he would be interested in, that have some very, very good theological points. Okay. All righty. Okay, thank you very much, Pastor. You're you're welcome. Bye. And uh, Herman, you're on the air. Yes, thank you, Pastor Baker. Uh, Regarding uh, the question about... uh, uh, the uh, Ananias and uh, Sapphira. And, uh, there's a similarity there to the sons of Aaron, uh, Abihu and Nadab, who are struck dead for offering strange fire as priests before the Lord, deviating from the Lord's instructions. It would seem that in the early church, as scriptures had not been uh, instructed and written under the Holy Spirit yet, you were under a public oral testimony guided by the Holy Spirit. And when you have people deviating and lying against the Holy Spirit, you're opening the door to false teaching to come in that is going to weaken that witness. And I would say that that is probably the, the lesson that is coming in there, as well as what uh, Adab and uh, Nab- Abihu did, that they were opening the door to false worship and idolatry uh, over against what uh, God had revealed. Can you think of a time when Chris, uh, a person died because of sin, but he was a Christian? Uh, all the time. 
Yes. The one I'm thinking about is in 1 Corinthians 11, the Lord's Supper. If someone takes the Lord's Supper inappropriately, remember what some of the consequences were? They became sick and some fell asleep. Now, the term asleep only applies to Christians, asleep in Jesus. And so, therefore, we know that these were Christians who didn't understand the Lord's Supper properly, but it didn't send them to hell, but they had the consequence of death. So there's an example where you have Christians dying because of a consequence of their sin, taking the Lord's Supper uh, inappropriately, and yet not going to hell. I know there's, I think, a passage either of Psalms or Proverbs that uh, in terms of the issue of of death, were they... uh, taken from this world to keep them from further evil and sin, or and uh, in that sense, too. Yes, in fact, uh, you wonder how many young people die young simply because God doesn't want them to be put into a position where they may be persuaded to fall away from the church. In, indeed, and uh, those examples uh, that the caller cited earlier in the New Testament about uh, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, bring that to focus, uh, and uh, the uh, as well as uh, the sons of Aaron. So it's uh, best to stay under confession of the true gospel of Jesus Christ and daily repentance. Absolutely. Now God hasn't caused me to die because of a sin, but sometimes He causes a policeman to be in the area to pull me over. <laughs> oh yes, there's always uh, the various aspects of the law, the first, second, and third uses. Well, I was kind of glad the last time that happened. It was because my one of my front headlights had gone out that I was unaware of, and I was driving at night. So, so there's always a, a useful purpose behind things as well. Yes, very, very good point. I sure appreciate your call, Herman. Thank you. And bye. Uh, I do want to say uh, one thing that um, a lot of us are concerned about: the churches dwindling in numbers. The Lutheran Witness had a wonderful article in the September issue about how that's not really true in the sense that the people who are leaving churches, many of the youth, are really leaving them from what we would call moderate churches, liberal churches, who are not preaching law and gospel properly. In fact, um, I would even leave that church if I was there and they were telling me that my works are going to make a difference as to whether I go to heaven or hell. I I don't believe that because the Bible doesn't teach that. What decides whether you're going to heaven or hell are not your works, but faith in Jesus Christ. If you have that faith, you still may sin like those who deny that the Lord's Supper is really the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That is a sin for them to go to the Lord's Supper when they don't believe what the Lord's Supper truly is. And there can be a negative consequence as happened in 1 Corinthians 11. And there's definitely a fact that churches that are very strong, particularly in good liturgy and teaching, uh, are growing 
Uh, I, I know two churches in, in the area. One of them helps put out the Good News magazine that Wallace Schultz edits, all of which you should get a copy of. And if you want one, just email me, and I'll be glad to send you one. And the other church is my home congregation, St. Paul's in De Pere. It's a wonderful church, a very biblically oriented and growing. So it's not a time when we need to be concerned with the loss of many people from the church. By the way, in looking ahead to the end of the year, we're about $7,000 in the whole law and gospel that we hope to receive from listeners, and that way we'll be able to stay on the air and cover some of our expenses. If you want to know how to do a check, just listen right at the end of this program. Have a pencil and paper ready. It gives you how to write the check and the address to which to send it. About $7,000 short, and we're looking forward to meeting that goal uh, by the end of the year. I'm Tom Baker. Next week, we're going to be talking about Reformation. Until then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.